0: All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the We're Talking Football podcast. I'm Weston. With me, as always, my right hand man, Lou. Lou, really crazy to think that this time last year we were just beginning our work here at the We're Talking Football podcast. So, congratulations to you on our one year anniversary.
1: I know. Uh, thank you so much, Weston. I uh, I had the under. I thought like, three and a half months. Uh, I did not think we'd be uh, go a full year uh you know from our first show here so it's 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 a testament to uh, our dedication for all the fans that we have out there so we're just pouring our love sweat and tears you know into this show for you guys
0: so I'm going to jog your memory a little bit more Please. I did some I did some digging into the archives and I remember you specifically joking on our second ever show that the over under was half a show, because you thought that you were like, I might have been a deer in headlights and walked out on you mid-show. So I'm glad to say we've crushed the <laughs> the over on that. I think we're on episode 39 or, or 40 um, to, to be a little, I think it's 40 to be more exact. So, but it's been a lot of fun. Uh, I've certainly uh, enjoyed the time with you for sure. But here we are a year later covering the exact same topic we began with. Senior Bowl um, I distinctly remember in the opening of our, our first show you mentioning that the Super Bowl was coming and me telling you that I didn't care about the Super Bowl that I only wanted to talk about the Senior Bowl at that point in time and I still feel that way this this time it's a little bit more out of spite because I was hoping my team would be playing in this particular Super Bowl uh, but nonetheless we are are certainly not but we will of course As responsible adults and responsible podcasters kind of foreshadow Super Bowl tomorrow, but that's in short order. The bulk of what I want to spend some time on today and and focus in on is the, the week of practices for the Senior Bowl, certainly the game itself, which was played this past Saturday. So let's proceed how it all began one year ago.
1: Hold on one second before we do so. Uh, If the listeners can't tell by now, uh, I am extremely consistent. So I made the same ass corny joke 12 months ago as I just did on this show. So I, if you can't tell by now, I am consistent. I recycle my jokes. So you're probably catching a theme by now.
0: Hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And there's a lot to be said for consistency. (laughs) Uh, So Lou, before we jump in, I have a little bit of a curveball for you. It's a (laughs) trivia question, believe it or not. One that of all people, my mother-in-law sent my way Um, as she is trying to pick up her knowledge around the NFL. So I'll ask the question the same way it was asked to me. Full disclosure, got this correct, but I have to sit on it for a second. Um, So in regards to the NFL, the term octopus, what does it refer to? Not who, but what essentially accomplishment does it refer to in the NFL?
1: Too easy, too yeah easy. Let me tell you why. Because this was, uh, this was uh, a. Bet. You can bet uh, uh, on will someone will there be an octopus? Ah. Uh-huh. Okay, so there there is that betting aspect. So, no people, it's not. There's going to be an octopus on the field.
0: The, <laughs> it's not course. hockey where they throw octopus exactly. on the
1: rink. Uh, so correct me if I'm wrong. If it's an individual who scores a touchdown and a two point conversion,
0: correct. So thank in- you consecutively. So yes, not just like a touchdown and a two point conversion later, but like on the same possession. Essentially, the touchdown. Correct, the, dude. I had not heard that term. Now you know me. I'm not. I'm not the biggest gambler outside of fantasy. Um. So I'm. I'm it's not necessarily a. That, how, that i'm how, looking for how
1: impressed are you by me right quite now? impressed quite Thank impressed
0: you. the only reason why i remember it is i remember it from a trivia that was played on the radio like dude like honestly so long ago on like 101.5 here in new jersey i just remember randomly hearing it and lo and behold my mother-in-law when she presented it to me she told me that she heard it on a christian Station on the radio as a trivia question, which I felt was an odd topic that a Christian radio station would be covering the NFL. I mean, <laughs> you know, I think they're good yeah, old the like the boys.
1: It. Yeah, right.
0: So, in any case, kudos, bravo. Um, I was hoping it didn't stump you because I didn't want to put you on the spot like that. So, but very well done. Thank um, you. That is the the octopus in the Thank NFL. All right. All right. So let's talk about the Senior Bowl a little bit here. What I'd love to do and bear with me here is I'd love to find I I want you to kind of quickly rattle off some people that you were most interested in watching going into the week and to the game. Give me like a second or two as to why they interest you. Then I want to do this. Then I want to go into like who stood out in the game, regardless of somebody that you wanted to see or not you know, maybe it's a player or two that really stood out from the, from the game, not necessarily just a week of practices. It could be a combination of both. And then I want to come back to the players that we were interested in seeing and maybe kind of recap, you know, their process, their progress and, and how they perform. Do you, you up for that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll pick it up. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm a quick, uh, quick learner here.
0: You're a quick study. All right. I love it. So put in some context, I'll give you what I'm looking for here. Right. So, the first player that I was most interested in watching was actually Christian Watson, the wide receiver from North Dakota State University. Um, I think everybody in the NFL this year was mesmerized and intrigued by the pairing of Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, right? Just having that chemistry from their days in in college. And this is an option specifically for for me and my team for maybe Trey Lance to reunite with a former stud wide receiver LB in FCS football. I'm not putting Christian Watson on the same pedestal as I would put Jamar Chase by any means, but having that level of familiarity seems to, you don't see it often and it seems to, to bode well. The other things you got to like about him is mean, this guy's a six, five receiver, right? 210 plus pounds had high production, big play ability um, in college uh, like I think he was averaging like 18, almost 19 yards a catch in a run first offense. Right. So and doing it a multitude of ways. So that's the type that's like the the quick spiel I, I'm looking for in terms of like a player that you were most interested in watching um, this past weekend. So I'll let let's go like one for one. Like I, so I'm starting with Christian Watson, who was somebody that was standing out to you?
1: Uh, Trevor Penning, uh, the offense. Oh, oh, so I'm sorry, guys. You guys are going to probably, the more uh, favorable topics to listen to or players to listen to is going to come out of Weston's mouth. I'm going to stick with the, the you know, the Mog Hollies, the big guys, uh, because that's, you know, I roll, that's who I roll with. I roll with those, those uh, heavy hitters there. So I'm going to say Trevor Penning was a guy that I was definitely interested in because he was getting a lot of buzz, uh, you know, for, you know, first round draft pick, uh, University of Northern uh, Iowa, if I'm not mistaken. Prototypical size, I think he's like six five. you know, you know almost, almost like uh, 330. Uh, and the whole thing about him is he's big, he's nasty, he's physical. He reminds you of like a John Runyon type of player. And this is why I was interested because I feel like everything's more finesse now. The outside zone, uh, you want him to be more athletic, you're not looking for the blow him off the football type of offensive lineman. So he was more of like a throwback to like your 90s. Like, I'm gonna punch you in the mouth for 60 plus minutes and then let's see what you can do about it. And I wanted to see how he did against higher competition and he went up against a couple players from ohio state i think evans from ohio state the edge rusher and he held his own and he's real and he was as advertised go ahead what you, what i was say. gonna say
0: save how he did we're gonna come back to how he did okay i want i want to know why you were interested in him in the first place
1: right because you hear about like all the <clears throat> all like hey this guy's nasty plays with the whistle type stuff i wanted to know like all right, he's playing through the whistle to lesser competition. Let's see how he does against some big boys type stuff. Perfect. So that's why I was interested uh, 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 in watching him play.
0: All right, cool. So we'll come back in a little bit as to like how he did against some of those people he matched up to, and we'll kind of recap their performance. But I, I am going to justify your approach here, Lou, because to me, not just this draft, so underclassmen as well, but this senior bowl, I do think some of the better players that teams have their eyes on play in the trenches like yeah. there's not super super superstar skill people in this draft like there was sp- definitely in the last draft right like i mean what would what, you have f- uh f- five quarterbacks in the top 15 right like yeah. you're not gonna see that this time right you had two wide receivers in the top
1: 10 you're not gonna see that um you yeah, know so- I, I i agree 100 percent. it's so funny In my notes here uh i feel like this draft class is a, a tad under unimpressive, unimpressive uh it's more of a meat and potatoes draft like i said in our last show for the most um, most importantly is because it's just the trenches it's just going to be your your defensive ends, your defensive tackles uh your 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 offensive lineman type stuff there are no top quarterbacks like you say they're all interchangeable mean like anyone could be selected first it's uh, it's basically the eye of the beholder who they deem that's going to fit in their offense better um the all offensive line prospects, they are promising, but they're extremely raw too. And there's no consensus of top overall picks. So that's why if there's not a consensus of top overall picks, meaning everyone's interchangeable, I just feel like that means the draft isn't as star-studded as as it was perhaps in the last couple of years.
0: Yeah. Um, there's just no slogans this year like tank for Tua or tank for Bosa or "take for the, the what you have heard in the past of like, the the value behind having the number one pick. You can look at 10 different mock drafts and all 10 of them have yeah. three or four players that they're interchanging at that number one pick, which like some of them play happens. the
1: same positions and, and yeah. like it's so just who you favor. Yep. So
0: all right, cool. Um I'm gonna support your your philosophy here. So I don't have him listed as number two on my list, but somebody that I was very interested in looking at was Nick Zakelj from Fordham. Offensive lineman played left tackle at Fordham. Now, here's the spoiler alert if you attended Fordham University, my alma mater, I'm already I'm automatically interested. I just need to know, I need to see what's it about. Yes, it's FCS football in the Patriot League, nonetheless, right? So, not necessarily a team that's competing for a national championship in the FCS, but he does have some things that you're interested in. To attend the Patriot League, uh, it does require some intelligence. Um, what's you know in terms of getting that money and those scholarships, because uh, they're afforded so very few compared to FBS schools. Um, he's six five. He's three twenty five. He's got long arms, right? He's above that thirty three inch like arm length. So like, does he suit well in tackle? He was a team captain as a fifth year senior. But again, my intrigue around him is solely. He is a Fordham grad, and there are very few of them that get invited to the Senior Bowl or even entertained as draftable uh, in the NFL draft. So that's now, that we're was not, my
1: interest. So let me make sure we're not talking about performance then right now, correct? Not right
0: now. No, just the, okay. the why. The why. That's all okay. I want to know is the
1: why. Okay. Uh, I have for my next uh, person it would be Kobe Bryant. Uh, not probably the one that you're familiar with. It's more uh, the –
0: Rest in peace, Mamba.
1: Exactly. It's the cornerback out of Cincinnati. And the reason why is I was looking for we, – we already said there's going to be a lot it's flooded the, this uh, draft with defensive linemen and offensive linemen. I wanted to see what uh, um, outside uh, players besides that. You don't hear really too much buzz about the linebackers. Uh, Kobe Bryant, who doesn't get as much discussion as his counterpart, Sauce Gardner. Uh, who's going to be the first cornerback at you, you know from that tandem of Cincinnati to be drafted? So I wanted to see how he was going to play because he was, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. A Jim Thorpe uh, winner. Yes, he was. Yes, he and was. Tell the audience what Jim when you're a Jim Thorpe winner, you're the best defensive back in the in the nation. Yep. So uh, I was interested in pretty much why is this guy getting overshadowed because he has also fantastic measurables too.
0: Yeah, so number two on my list was Kobe Bryant for everything. That I uh, all, you, all. Did I shock you there? You did uh, tremendously. Um, and I'm regretting going with uh, my offensive lineman to just try to impress you real fast. Um, but everything you just said, right, played opposite of Sauce. Sauce, most people will say, is a top 10 pick. You know, they probably have Kobe, I don't know, fourth some some fourth, fifth round, right, like much later. But yet this guy was the Jim Thorpe winner. So, I I wanted to see what the buzz was all about. So, to me, to win the Jim Thorpe Award, like, you got to hold your own. And he was definitive. I mean, when you see some of the statistics around Sauce Gardner, like how little he was targeted, it's like
1: Mm -hmm. tells
0: me that this guy, Kobe Bryant, was getting a ton of targets his way because the people just shied away from sauce who is like the definition in my opinion the definition of lockdown i think he's the top corner in the draft mm-hmm. even over stingley out of lsu i, I just like that i mean you get the nod when you got a nickname like sauce like that's just <laughs> that just speaks volume so i too with kobe um, so i'll let you get into who you, how many did you really look at i mean i had like I had 9 guys. I'm not going to rattle off all 9 because I want to be conscious of, of time here. So I might rattle you, off like two or about, three more. You go you go one more. You go one all more. All right. I'll go one more. Um I'm going to say two names and then we're never going to speak about them again. So I was very interested in to see Hassan Haskins, the running back from Michigan, and Jahan Dotson, the wide receiver for Penn State. Both pulled out. So when I was making this list, they had not pulled out hold on, yet. Hold on,
1: hold on, hold on. I think that was a prime, prime area for a joke there. That's what she said. That's what she. Said. That's what she, said. <laughs> <laughs> what she said. All right, go ahead. So they both pulled out. <laughs>
0: they they both pulled out of the senior okay. bowl. Um, okay. So uh, I, I'm rattling them both off because we're never going to talk about them again here. They they did not play. Um, so it it is what it is. Um, moving on. Who else you got?
1: All right, so I'm going back to my heritage of offensive lineman. Uh, Darian Kennard, offensive tackle from Kentucky. This guy is a massive, massive human being. True uh, power right tackle. Uh, those are guys you want to run behind because they can blow people off the ball. Came in about 15, 20 pounds lighter uh, because you have uh, Icky from, uh, you know, and also near, uh, the Alabama offensive lineman. Both those are your one and two offensive linemen in the draft. There's no clear-cut answer for the third offensive lineman. So I was looking for a third offensive tackle. Uh who's going to be that OT3? And Kennard has good tape. And I wanted to see uh, how he's gonna look going up against the because there was a lot of good pass rushers and speed rushers in in this uh senior bowl. So I wanted to see how he's gonna perform against them. Uh and it looked promising at first, you know, because he uh, he came in, you know, 15, 20 pounds lighter because he was a he was a hefty boy, he was like 345. So uh, show that that you know he's dedicated to uh, uh, lose that weight to get in better conditioning and better shape, and he's also been working with uh, Duke. Uh, uh, what's his name? Mary, um, uh, Meri- I think Merriweather or, or Manyweather, or whatever his name is. He's like an offensive line guru, so he's like doing that ac- academy as well. So uh, I wanted to see how he was going to show up this uh, past weekend.
0: Perfect. Um, I'm looking. The other person I was interested in this week was uh, Arnold. Uh BKT, I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly. Just a defensive lineman from Penn State. They said they've had some interesting defensive prospects You're over the right. years. He's got a ton of good measurables, measurable 6'3, 256, had nine and a half sacks on the season. I wanted to know is he more of Jason Owe? I forgot what Jason changed his name to, or is he more <laughs> more Shakatoni, right? From mm-hmm. from the their draft class last year, kind of that that tweener. Um and you know we, you know how much we saw Owe's stock rise after like the combine and pro days when he was doing his workout. So, was hoping to see if he would make his stock rise this week. And I'll talk a little bit later about what he did. So give me like one or two more because I want to, I want to jump into the game a little bit.
1: I think yeah, you know, let's just jump into the game because I, I want to save some of uh, pretty much um, some of these players for you know for when discussing the game. Then All
0: right, I'm going to throw you one more, Jalen Tolbert, wide receiver, South Alabama. Six three one ninety, just two consecutive years of high production, albeit at a lower level of of Division One football. Like over the last two years, dude, one hundred and forty six catches, twenty almost twenty six hundred yards, uh, sixteen touchdowns, averaging seventeen and a half yards a catch. Um, a lot to like about his game, and I wanted to see how it translated against some some stiffer competition. So, and yeah, of course,
1: real quick, uh, you know, t- for me to throw, like, mine was another offensive lineman, and the reason why he was on my list was uh. Daniel Jeremiah, highlight him. Uh, a kid from Austria, Ryman. Uh, I wanted to see how he's going to perform too, uh, because I feel like re- in recent, like uh, Daniel Jeremiah is like top fifty. He like, he was like up there, and when Daniel Jeremiah, you know, says a player's up there, it, you should got to pay attention. He's not just one of those media people that don't know what he's doing. He was the one of the few that came out early and said Slater was uh, better than um, you know Penny Sewell, and people thought he was crazy when he said that so like he knows his stuff especially offensive linemen so that the the kid from i think central michigan uh caught my eye
0: no makes sense um i think you and i and everybody else too was obviously a tree intrigue just to see how the quarterbacks fared because Mm -hmm. there is no consensus uh and they're all over the board in terms of like when people project to be them, them to be drafted and who's gonna go first and i'm Spoiler alert, none of them impressed me um, at all. But, uh, you know, nonetheless, like, because these are the big names and they're playing in the senior bowl, right? Like, you know, plus or minus one other. um, So whether it was Malik Willis, Sam Howell, Kenny Pickett, Desmond Ritter, I'll give Kenny Pickett the nod just because he's he's a New Jersey boy from Ocean Township High School, Monmouth County. Uh, so, So we like that about him. But let's jump into the game. Before I ask you who stood out to you most, Again, just quick why, right? Just quick why. We're not going to spend a time here. I want to get back to like how the players that we were intrigued by, how they fared. But when I think of the senior bowl. These games are t- it's tough to judge on the game, right? Because there's just like, look, you can't every game, every quarter is treated like a half, right? Mm-hmm. Um every you can't send people in motion. It has to be um, equal balance alignments on both sides of the ball. So there's no trickery. There's no anything like that. And they're coming together for like a week. And in my opinion, the defenses usually shine more than the offenses because there's less to react to. They can just use their athleticism. And it's kind of what I saw in this game anyway. But I will give you the nod who stood out in this game, whether it was one of your players or somebody that wasn't your player who stood out.
1: All right, so I'm going to say a player because I really feel like you're going to say him, so I want to kind of beat you to the punch. <clears throat> so uh, once again, we're going to go down memory lane, and uh, if you remember during our first time we did this, I was obsessed with players whose names I could not pronounce. Osu Udu-Gazawa uh, was a big player that I was high on last year uh, in the senior ball, but, uh, you know, so let's do another yearly tradition, annual tradition. Ready? Boye Maffe Edge. From Minnesota, he had to be on your list because this guy was – number one well, to be yeah, exact. <laughs> yeah, he was, in my opinion, he was the second best player uh, that played uh, this past weekend. Let me tell you why. First of all, he's a stand-up rusher, and literally they called him like three or four days before he got to the Senior Bowl, and we're and we're like, "Hey, we kind of want you to put your hand in the dirt," and he's like, "Okay, I've never really done that before, but I'll mess around and do that." So, not only did he really not practice lining up the way they wanted to do like in his career, but he was really effective. He was named the national squad's player of the game. He logged a pair of sacks, a tackle for a loss and a forced fumble. Uh, like I said, he's a stand-up rusher, but, uh, but he was living in the backfield, pressuring quarterbacks all day. He displayed a lot of moves. It wasn't just, he was not just a speed, a speed edge rusher. Yeah. He beat the offensive tackles off the ball pretty handily. He was really good at that, but he had a fantastic inside move to beat that offense. Another offensive tackle, his inside shoulder, so he faked outside, jab step, and went inside and uh, applied pressure that way. And I loved his hand usage on another rush. It was like a two-hand chop or swat, and he did bent right underneath the offensive tackle. He was constantly causing prob- uh, problems for the American squad uh, all game long. And the fact that he did that, not being his comfortable self, self standing up, he good for him. So. Yeah. Uh, he really, he really impressed me. Uh, like I said, second best player on the field this past weekend.
0: Yeah, I, I, easily. Um, and to everything that you just said, right. Doing it kind of out of his natural position kind of quote unquote and what he's comfortable with, but he was doing it all week at practice too. Mm-hmm. So it's no surprise that it showed up in the game. It's not just like it flashed in the game and the guys doing it with half the reps, right? Like you're splitting time, you're splitting halves, you're splitting all that, like in an all-star game when all said and done, uh, going up against good competition, uh, on the tackle. So, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. He was constantly lined up over the left tackle. Like yeah. he was, so he was on the right side of the defensive line. Um, yeah, he, he was, he was number one on my list. He, just,
1: he just showed a multitude of ways that he would win speed yeah. inside move hand movements. Uh, I just was really impressed with how he wasn't as raw as advertised.
0: Yeah, no, totally agree. Um, If he was 1A, to me, 1B for all other – for things other than just like accolades and like some sexy statistics from – it's it's defensive tackle Travis Jones from UConn. He – I know the hype was about him going in, but like do these guys live up to the hype? Lou, he just ate people alive on that mm-hmm. defensive line, like just on that offensive line. Like he just destroyed them. Was just constantly in the backfield. Looked head and shoulders, uh, from a a pure skill standpoint, above all of his his competition. And like a big man should not be able to get low as he as low as he does, and yeah, to play with leverage as well as he does.
1: He's six four, and that's exactly I have. He's one of my guys, so I feel like you were kind of trying to get back to me with this. This is fine, but you're right. He's six, four, and I have in my notes right here, constantly walking interior offensive linemen back into the laps of the quarterbacks because of his leverage. He's always underneath their pads, always. So that's a fantastic way he exploded on getting off the ball.
0: And it just shouldn't be. Like, physics should say that that can't
1: He's going to be... want to stand up more, yeah. Yeah. Six,
0: um, so, but, like, to me, dude, this guy is going to be a real problem for offensive lines day one. Like, he is a day-one starter when he gets drafted. And I don't care where he gets drafted. Like, his size, his strength, his ability, he's going to be a real issue on the interior of somebody's defensive line. Like, a real problem. Um,
1: He is is getting that, like, last year's, like, Quinn Minert's, like, ascension type thing. It should. He was was getting talking to, like, maybe a fifth-round, fourth-round type area. Now he's probably after this weekend, I'm gonna say he's probably he's a day two
0: guy now. He's a day two guy. He's a
1: day yeah, he's definitely a day two guy. I agree with you.
0: He's going to start immediately. Like good news for him is he plays a position that just go do what you do and you'll be okay, right? You like, it
1: sounds so simple, West. And all your cornerbacks are the most intelligent, you know, players you just got to
0: cater to egos out on the islands. No ego here, just like- go beat the shit out of the dude in front of you and he'll do it quite fine. I promise. It's
1: like I do, yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: I mean, is that not if you looked up defensive tackle <laughs> outside more, of Aaron more- Donald?
1: A little, more finesse, to do. a little more finesse to these big men. And he just has the skill set. You got another player that
0: stood out or are you? Yeah, real on? quick. So okay.
1: <clears throat> I guarantee you probably thought I was referencing Travis Jones as the, the best player. But no, he wasn't the best player for me in this past weekend. For me, it was Zion Johnson, interior offensive lineman at Boston College. Naturally a guard coming out of college. They asked him to play center this uh, past weekend because they wanted to see how, how, much, how much versatility he can display. And you just just watching him. He was like the best play- – you just tell you, he's the best player on the field. He did a really good job paving the way for Arizona State's Rashad White. Uh, the way he just blew off the ball, moved people off the ball, climbed to the second level to pick off linebackers, and he went up against some good talent. He single-handedly was mauling a defensive tackle from Arkansas, John Ridgway, who he's a handful himself. He's a stout, strong guy, John Ridgway. And Zion Johnson was able to outclass him. And oh yeah, by the way, he did it in his secondary position. So he's a natural guard, and he did it as a, a center. And that's hard harder, I think, going from guard to center. You have to worry about snapping the ball, cadences, offensive line shifts, and stuff like that. So uh, Zion Johnson just looked, he looked like a man, a man, a man playing amongst the little boys.
0: Yeah, I, I, he definitely had a solid game. Um, I have two other guys that i i had both of them are running backs it's more just like like so like damian pierce right like i just think he he added boosted his value he was like very underutilized in florida when i like think back on his production but he showed that he can catch passes out of the backfield. and the most important thing that he did to get onto the field in the nfl is throughout the week he did very well in pass protection in the pass protection drills he held up he was stout knew his responsibility that will make you money out of these all-star games when it comes to the nfl because time and time again in a passing league if you can't keep your quarterback upright you don't you don't find the field man if you're a liability and i think he put a foot forward there outside of just his like skill set um and again more in practice when it's like designed you know versus like out of the schematics in an actual game but uh, that would be another player for me so all right look at the clock i know we're kind of rushing through today and i do apologize but uh Lou's got a a planned evening out. My wife and I are heading into New York City to watch Billy Joel uh, in Madison Square Garden. So I am on a tight timeline, so I do apologize about that. But let's get into how our players did. Um, And this is a combination of game game and practice, right? Like just an overall evaluation as to how Senior Bowl Week looked for them. Again, Lou, I will give you the honors to begin with the player you named first
1: uh well i'm or whoever going, you want to begin with you no know, no i'm gonna go travis jones because we, we uh the last show that we talked he's like what's a one player and i am i know you, you talked about him but uh i thought travis jones was phenomenal he practiced great played better he always had those like those practice warriors and then they again the game and they're like houdini you can't even see them they just disappear so he had some great battles during practice against zion johnson he held he really held his own like i you, I just had a, a love affair with Zion Johnson, you know, about five minutes ago. So you can see pretty much my respect for Travis Jones bringing it to Zion Johnson. Uh, like we say, 6'4, 333, And he, everything we already discussed He's walking the interior offensive lineman back into the laps of quarterbacks. We always said perhaps the most disruptive pressure is the pressure up the middle. And this guy will be a problem. Not they not a you know, first round pick, probably towards the end of second day uh i mean uh, towards that second round early third round i would say uh he did a great job of displaying great power and leverage like we said he constantly getting under the pads of offensive linemen and what surprised me the most is how active his hands were uh he looked like it wasn't always but he did show and display times where uh he had a plan to his rush his pass rush it wasn't just straight out i'm going to try to run through like Marshawn Lynch run through a motherfucker's mouth. Like it wasn't yeah. just like that all the time. So uh, that is why I, I was really impressed with Travis, John, uh, Travis Jones this past week, an interior defensive lineman from UConn.
0: Yeah. I can't say enough as to how well he, he played in the game and did throughout practice. I'm going to go back to who I began with and who I was most intrigued coming back to Christian Watson, wide receiver from North Dakota State University. And I know this sounds a little weird coming from like, the 49ers who a 49ers fan like why are you eyeing up a wide receiver so much based on like who you have who's already under contract etc but there's the real news here is like we only have three under contract right so there's plenty of room in the wide receiver room and you're always looking to upgrade on um, at skills positions so for me christian watson is more about what he did during the week not necessarily in the game because it was limited uh limited targets limited action in the game like one catch for a huge game but what i loved is the new rules in the senior bowl is it's nfl rules so most people thought he was down he caught that ball diving got right back up and took it for like another 20 plus yard awareness yeah so just the intelligence right like hey the game is different even if it's just different for today like you you have to appreciate those sort of things um, but as I mentioned, he, he dominated in practice, whether it was in the red zone, whether it was one on one team drills, running every route, running them crisp. Um, as I go back and watch, I'm like, this guy, this guy played FCS ball. Like, how did no big program pick? I mean, this dude is six five, right? Like you mm-hmm. dream of wide receivers the size of him with the skill sets that he has. Um, and maybe he just matured over his years. Right. And, and, and perfected his craft. But what I love most about him in team drills and in the game, dude blocked his ass off, blocked his ass off, and twice was responsible for one of his team's touchdowns and another big gain just by his pure threat, just driving his defender completely out of the picture and didn't even have to block him, just dr- ran his route or ran a route and took him right out and, and that, that his entire side of the field was wide open. That's the kind of respect he commanded in this particular game. Um, I mentioned his intent, like 6'5", 2'10", all those good things, super high production. I think he was being advertised as like a fourth or fifth rounder coming in. This is a day two guy. There's no way he gets past day two the way that he performed in in this game. There's no way. Dude, there's literally no way he slips past the third round, especially when you start thinking about compensatory picks and stuff, right? Third round gets a little bit longer. No way. It's a crime. And and if anybody steals him after that, like A-plus draft grade. This guy is he's gonna be a player in this league, I promise you. All right, who you got number two?
1: Okay, so um I have going Kobe to Bryant. To your boy Co- you're gonna to go to Boy Kobe. Kobe, Kobe Bryant. Uh <laughs> I thought he played all right. I thought he played he he he's inconsistent. And what I mean by that, he's really handsy. Like he's one of those, like um, I'm not comp- all right, so I'm not comparing to Richard Sherman, but that type of physicality when it comes to uh defending a wide receiver. So he's sticky in coverage, but he's handy and he can I can see him if he doesn't refine his technique and be able to flip his hips a little better. I can see him getting a lot of holding penalties or a pass interference penalties. But he does but what I really loved about him was this one play. All right, so the NFL, you your mad geniuses like Kyle Shanahan and those other outside outside zone running teams. The reason why they're so effective right now is because Cornerbacks, safeties and linebackers can no longer go below the waist when trying to take out a pulling offensive lineman. Okay. Yes. So you can't do that. It's illegal. It's a penalty now. So as you can't just fall down and, and uh, you know, crash the, the, off, the off oncoming offensive lineman, and then hopefully someone else will pick up the running back. Can't do that anymore. So you're going to need corners who can tackle now to help defend. You're going to need those bigger, stronger, physical, more physical cornerbacks. And there was a play. He, this kid can tackle. I'm going to tell you that he's not one of those prima donnas that does well, you know, Olay type stuff and you know, side steps. He went head to head with uh, Damian Pierce, Florida running back. Who this uh, Pierce is a bruiser, man. He's physical. He's big. He's strong. And Pierce lowered his helmet and ran right over Kobe Bryant. But you know what Kobe Bryant just did? He held on to him as hard as much as he could and got him down right away. So that shows me the uh, you know. A willingness to tackle, maybe you play him in the slot closer to the line scrimmage. Uh, and maybe it'll hide some of those deficiencies those little uh, those uh, handsy type of deficiencies he has. But he was up and down, I'm gonna say, throughout the game because he did get burned by the kid from Memphis, I think.
0: Yeah, uh, had a PI they, penalty too. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah no. so so but and the kid from Memphis is smaller than him. That's what those smaller receivers always give those bigger corners
0: hard times, you know, man. Yeah, because they're, so, they're so quick out of the break. Well, dude. they're so shifted yeah. too. so... So I think Kobe's intangibles like he's kind of like a he's got good burst, solid acceleration, a little quick twitchy, if you will. He's got uh, good upper sh- upper body strength. I think the most attractive trait that he, I have seen from him is his willingness to come up and tackle. Um, you're going to have to do that in, in the NFL and not play the the Olay game. I, I agree the, the tape in the game is just up and down, but I'll I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Uh, because it's not like passing was on display in this game and anybody was getting torched by any means. I mean, I saw more quarterbacks running around than I did actually them throwing the the football. So I don't know how much they're challenged or how much these D backs get an opportunity um to display their skills because it just doesn't feel like a, a natural flow game. So I'd call it like a an even wash for me. Nothing good, nothing really bad. Um so still i think the is still solidified. out on kobe bryant
1: exactly he probably solidified him like as like a third he's the ball no third I yeah i, think, I so.
0: think he's gonna be later i think uh, i think he's gonna be fourth, he,
1: fourth i think it would be a nice spot yeah
0: from. he's gonna have to play some special teams early and often though
1: yeah so
0: all right who uh are you so you went kobe i'll go to my guy Nick uh, as from from fordham because i brought his name up i mentioned he played tackle left tackle in college um He has that NFL tackle build. I mentioned the 34-inch arms, but he played mainly right guard during this, which I found to be a little odd because he's not one of the shorter arm tackles that you're like, hey, you got to get used to playing guard in the NFL. This guy is a tailor-made tackle in the NFL, whether it's left tackle, right tackle. So I did find that a little confusing, and I guarantee it's probably the first time he's slid into guard in a long, long time. And it probably was the easiest way to get him off the field. I'm going to call it what it is. He had two false start penalties. Yeah, uh, because... Did you hear the joke that uh, it was either Jeremiah or Charles Davis made that they didn't really show those because the producer of the actual Lex senior ball is a Fordham grad, right? So they moved right past it. And did I, he I, have a
1: holding penalty too? I feel like he had a holding uh, penalty. He, he,
0: he, he might he have played, played in the game. He, he, did, he, did, not well. he did not play well. He did not well play well. But here's the biggest, what is going to be the toughest transition from him. Fordham is an RPO offense. I, I I know their offense very well. This is what they do, right? So like in our like in collegiate RPO type offenses, where that's your scheme, like passing lanes tend to be cr- uh, created. You're not often in typical pass blocking sets, right? Like even like in an RPO, like you're taking that yard down the field that you're allowed and just hitting the guy in front of you because you don't know if the quarterback's keeping the ball, handing it off, hitting mm-hmm. a quick option wide receiver. So there's a lot of uncertainty. So they're not in pass pro often. What I go back to, and I know this has nothing to do with this week, is I remember when they played Nebraska this year. because I actually recorded that game and watched that game because my alma mater was playing a, a, a big D1 um level of competition for them to be playing right i know the Bra- nebraska is not the nebraska you and i grew up watching at, at, mm-hmm. at those times but he actually might have played his best game against nebraska so top tier talent but again in a position of familiarity um he's gonna have a tough time being drafted he definitely will make somebody's uh practice squad but you know my my fellow fordham ram nick i'll always keep my eye on you and and i'm certainly uh, hoping for the best but the the game was not the game the whole week was just not favorable for him. He was out of position, in my opinion, and he just wasn't up to the task to make that transition. Yeah. All right. Who you got?
1: Uh, last Trevor Penning for me. Okay. Uh, he he played he played really good. I was nervous about his over aggressiveness and um like I, like I said, he's a John Runyon. or who was it Kyle Turley? Remember him? Mm-hmm. Those are those over aggressive offensive linemen that they will beat you up, but uh, perhaps you know, the speed rushers can give him some issues because they're constantly looking to, you know, apply pressure and like Cobra Kai strike first type stuff. So Trevor Penning was solid. I thought he did really good, you know, keeping his feet from underneath him. He didn't lean too too much. All that being said, he played great during uh, practice, played great during the game, uh, showed mobility. I am still worried about him. From a, a penalty standpoint,
0: yeah, playing that, playing to the whistle the way that he does is a very fine line. It's a yeah, very fine
1: and, line. and you know what? How do you? Because this is not a shtick. You yep. watch the game tape; he's doing this. This is games. who he is. This is he who he it is. during practice. So, like, how do you coach that out of someone? Like, you don't want to totally coach that out of someone, but like he's like choke slamming or giving rock bottoms to you know T- uh, Tyreek Evans at Ohio State during practice. Then was fought, like. I don't know, so I just feel like if you can keep keep the, uh, being aggressive, but c- a controlled aggression, you might have something special there.
0: Yeah, I, I I listen. I love the mean streak, and you gotta to play level but up. It's not just like, like we, we said.
1: Yeah, we said this about last year about Quinn Miners plays with the whistle. No, this is like on another level. Like this, this is, is like on steroids type. This stuff. is like, I it, hate you. Like we are not friends. I will not ask you for your jersey after the game to sign with it. I will not take a picture with you. I don't care at all. So this is like personal almost.
0: It's like Ryan Jensen, dude. You remember how Ryan Jensen got the NFL and how he played and like they had to coach that out of him in college. Like he was manhandling people well through the whistle. And it's just a mean streak. Like sometimes shit happens to you in your life, and that that's the fire that Yo, he looks, you. You know, he
1: looks kind of like a Fargo type of like, yeah. uh, or like uh from Full Metal Jacket type guy. Like yeah. you know, <laughs> a little Gomer pile little... Yeah, he has that <laughs> Gomer pile feel to him. Yeah.
0: All right, I got one last one, and then we're gonna get into the Super Bowl if you're cool with that.
1: Yeah, this little Super Bowl game. Yeah.
0: All right, so I got Jalen Tolbert. I mentioned him earlier. Um, wide receiver from South Alabama. Lou, I love this kid. I love everything about this kid. Um. He's got good height and length. Uh, he can definitely stretch the defense and take the top off. No concern there with his speed. The knock is the lack of nuance in his route running. And I didn't really see a lot of that. I saw improvement like literally every day a little bit better throughout the week. He's run- clearly running a different route tree this week than he's-, than he's had to in the past given the level of competition. But he's got big play slash home run written all over him waiting to happen. I saw a, a pro comparison to Leonard Hankerts, Hankerson Hankerson. Oh, okay. To me He's, him. But okay. to me, Lou, this is Will Fuller with better upside. That that type of oh, game so, right he
1: can, so he can catch?
0: <laughs> he can catch. Yes. That's where I'll leave it at that. I mean, dude, he made one catch that they was called incomplete, but it was bananas on the sideline. Mm-hmm. Um I think he personally, in my opinion, I think he's a fourth or fifth round pick because his production does come from a smaller school. But I think he's got the tangibles that teams are looking for for that second, potentially third wide receiver because I think you can move him all over the field. But he is a home run waiting to happen. So keep an eye on that name, Jalen Colbert.
1: Real quick, I know we're pressed for time, but I did talk about Darian Kennard earlier, the offensive tackle Kentucky. He had a rough game. Uh, Speed rushers were given all sides of all types of fits and problems out there. He looked very stiff, played too high, was slow getting to his set point. Uh, It just looked like he was laboring, and he knew it because you can see the frustration. It sucked because he could have got himself into round one, but I think he lost himself a little money this past weekend. Yeah, Um, Sometimes that happens,
0: right? You make money, lose money in these all-star games. That's why they're a roll of dice, and you see some people pull out because they're like, "Mm, I'll save my workouts for the combine, pro days, things of that nature, Mm -hmm. which I do think is foolish for some. All right, Super Bowl. Super Bowl, where we have 56 at this point, right? Um, you got the Cincinnati Bengals versus the Los Angeles Rams in the house that the San Francisco 49ers built. SoFi stadium. Uh, I'm just kidding with you. Uh,
1: we, got, uh, who we got and why. All right. So <clears throat> I was tossing and turning. All right. I knee jerk reaction. I'm like, first of all, what I'm about to say, people don't take anything. What I'm about to say as an intelligent piece, because I've been awful during the, uh, these playoffs. Started off hot six and oh, haven't won a game since. So uh, the opposite will happen uh, for what I'm about to predict. So first and foremost, I got I was like that's it. I'm on the Joe Burrow hype train. I'm not, no I'm tired of betting against Burrow. He always gets it done. Uh, it just makes sense. Stafford is good against the blitz. When you don't blitz him, he's not as good. You, you make him hold on to the ball. The offensive line is not as strong. And we just showed how the Cincinnati Bengals uh, pretty much. What they did against the Kansas City Chief, applying pressure with three or four, then dropping seven to eight guys in coverage. So that could bode. That so this is like all like the analytical part of me right now thinking like it's going to be the Bengals. They're going to sit in zone, cause some problems, and Burrow's going to be Burrow. Then a little more lighter fluid for the fighter for for the fire. Found out the Simpsons predicted this game. Yes, the Simpsons, they predicted Bengals thirty four. Rams thirty one. So if you're into that type of Simpsons thought process where they predict all the things that come in the future, Weston, you're looking a little confused. Do you not know the Simpsons are time travelers, like the owners and writers of the Simpsons? Dude, yeah, I, haven't
0: watched, is, I haven't watched the Simpsons
1: since I was. Neither have like, I. But this is like a known a thing. The, the Simpsons have predicted everything from COVID to uh, uh, like uh, you, you know Super you bowl, bowl winners. All, all, kid inside. You get a chance when you're on the shitter. Look that. Look that up. Uh, Simpsons predictions. It will blow your head away. I think this was like in 2008. They predicted this game. So I'm like, okay, it's definitely the Bengals. But I received a picture a couple of days ago from a good friend of mine named Jared Holland. You know, Jared, I know. Jared, I know Jared. if you if, for, for our listeners that don't know, Jared, this guy is the fucking Maloik. He was all about Bill's Mafia. Going into Kansas City and wiping up the Chiefs, Bills Mafia loss. He was all about the Chiefs beating the Bengals the, the the weekend after. Chiefs Kingdom loss. He sent me a picture of a new Joe Burrow jersey. So not only are the Bengals going to lose to the Rams this weekend, Joe Burrow is going to end is going to be on the. Is the the uh, the ending of a he's gonna have a season ending injury. I'm talking oh, about for man. next year too. This is how much of a, a negative uh, black cloud this guy is. <laughs> I have the Rams winning.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so funny, Lou. I I am rooting for the Bengals. Uh, I'm rooting. As am I. As am I. Yeah, because I desperately want the Rams to face the dreaded Super Bowl hangover, um, so that they maybe all the things that folklore says happens to teams that lose in the Super Bowl happen to the Rams next year. So there may be an afterthought in our own division because uh, they are the team in the division with the roster that they have right now. Clearly, I do think these teams mirror one another offensively. They both have weapons all over the field and they have creative play callers. They'll find ways to get the ball um, in the hands of their weapons. So to me, this game comes down to the defenses. Um I don't think the Rams are going to be able to take Jamar Chase out of the game because Ramsey's not going to follow him all over the field, right? That just tips your hat too much. He's going to stay on one side of the field, maybe in big spots. He'll he'll find Jamar, but Cincinnati's going to be able to get Jamar involved in this game. But I do think the Rams win this game with their defensive line. The Bengals offensive line has struggled throughout this yeah. postseason. Nine sacks against the Titans. The pressure that the Chiefs even got on, on Burrow, where in that second half, he did have to make dazzling plays with his legs to escape, either run yeah, for he, big for downs or five. He, he,
1: he had to be magical. Yeah. And, and, like how much does that magic does he still have in him? You know? Yeah. I, I
0: just think Von Miller's playing really well right now. Um, Aaron Donald's probably gonna have his way. Um, I, I don't think Cincinnati is gonna they just haven't ran the ball well. So they're not going to be able to kind of squeeze Donald out and keep him honest. He's going to be coming right up the gut. And I think their D line gets home often. And I think that's the difference in this game. And I, and I do think that even though I don't want it, I do think the Rams win.
1: Yeah. and I, I was joking around in regards to, uh, you know, our boy Jared being like the, you know, the Maloik to the bank. But he just texts you. <laughs> no, no, no. But uh, all can aside, I, for the analytical part of me, Joe Burrow's first, uh, worst four games this year were against like Fangio, uh, two high safety schemes. It was against Chicago, Cleveland, the Chargers, and the Broncos. He struggled all against those, uh, two high safety looks. So, uh, now the Rams, who, who do employ that as a very similar scheme, uh, you know, the, he goes into Los Angeles after playing the Rams. It, it could be a problem for him. And like you said, the interior pressure with Donald and that, and the, the, the interior offensive lineman of the Bengals are so bad so that donald's gonna eat bro yeah
0: it's 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 gonna be ugly i think Cincinnati's is plenty capable of keeping this game close but it's going to be but it's going to be a battle to to keep it close and the offense is gonna struggle at points
1: all right so there you have it hon give me a score real quick i got 34 26 rams
0: um I'm, I'm thinking back to what numbers i have in some box pools that i'm in <laughs> i'm gonna, I'm gonna, gonna say i'm gonna say 28 24 rams
1: okay
0: all right so that wraps us up here uh recap again of the the senior bowl a little uh, foreshadowing going to the super bowl uh we may or may not be back next week we'll see what the future holds in terms of just like hey if we're just coming back to kind of recap the super bowl but i i do think lou you and i earned at least a week Off in order to prepare for what's about to we're about to embark embark into with free agency because you know what a beast that is and we we never want to be late to the game we don't react to free agency until after the fact we predict free agency uh, beforehand so I do think we earn some time so we'll figure out a way to uh, to to work that in so our we can prove to our families that we love them but (laughs) always a pleasure man. Uh, hope you enjoy the, the evening, um, and I look forward to getting back at it next week before a little
1: hiatus. All right, bro.